welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, the scripture says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good. Is there anybody that came to praise his name this morning? Come on, clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on. Do me a favor, and if you would just rest your seats as we go to the throne of grace. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your love and your kindness and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing and everything you're about to do in this service. Father, we ask you, Lord, that what you would do what you would do best, and that's have your way in this place. Move how you want to move. Say what you want to say. Father, we submit to your will today. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we are here once again to celebrate, God, your goodness. And not just your goodness, but we are here, God, to give you praise for another pastoral anniversary today. And so, Father, we declare in this room, God, that we will praise you, that we will glorify you, that we will lift you, that we will magnify you, Father. Not just for what you've done, not just for what you're doing, but for who you are. Father, we thank you right now that God in this atmosphere and in this room, Lord, you will be glorified. You will be lifted in this place today. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do and for what you're about to accomplish, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, that as you do and move in this room, help us to move along with you. Help us, Lord, to get with one accord, Father. Let there be no distraction, no division. Father, let there be no hindrance in Jesus' name. We come with the spirit of Pentecost in this room. And Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, touch the preacher of the hour, Father. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would touch everyone that touches a microphone and every ministry gift today. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would get the glory. And Father, even those that are watching by stream, Lord, that they would be touched and that they would be encouraged today in Jesus' name. Encourage our pastor today in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would continue, Lord, to bless him in a special way. Father, use us in the name of Jesus to set the stage for your word and to set the stage for what you want to accomplish in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands and give God a praise this morning. Would you welcome all of our Facebook viewers? Amen. Enter his gate 
Redeemer, family gathered here and in our virtual campus. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and it is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. So why don't you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good and the Lord is good and because the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. This is your call to join us in worship. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are good and that your mercy is everlasting and that your truth endures to all generations, Lord God. To those who have been here before us, oh God, your truth endures. To those of us who are here on this morning, your truth endures. And to the ones who will come behind us, oh God, thanks be to God that your truth remains the same. And so we are grateful today. We enter into your presence today with thanksgiving, with gratitude, O oh God. We know that you alone are worthy for this day that you have made. Thank you for inviting us to be among our sisters 
in our brothers and on our virtual campus to worship you, to lift up holy hands, Lord God, we celebrate you on today. And so let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O oh Lord, our strength, our redeemer, our great God, we love you today. And we pray this in the name of the one whose name is above every name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing our church hymn. I am redeemed. Help me choir. Brought with a price. Jesus. Has changed, has changed my whole life. If anybody, if anybody, yes, sir, just who I am, tell them, good God, I am redeemed. Come on, Redeemer, put your hand together this time. This time, come on, put your hands together real hard. Come on, everybody say, I am. What was the price?
redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. I am redeemed. Brought with a price. Anybody ask you. My, my, my. Jesus does change lives. Let the church say amen. 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 Our scripture reading is found in Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Chapter number 10. Verses 13 to 15. I'll be reading in the New Revised Standard Version, and I'm sure you have words that are very similar. Amen. I see a few people trying to meet me in Romans. Amen. That's all right. Say amen when you have it. Preacher, you can read. Amen. Here we go. You find words similar. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news God's word is already blessed richly you can sit or you can stand but if you wouldn't mind let us pray together as a church on this auspicious occasion amen somebody my, 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 the prayers of the righteous avail of much. Ain't nothing like praying. Yes, Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, it's once more you've allowed us to assemble in your holy sanctuary. God, it's once more that your spirit just rests, rule, and abides in this place. God, we come humbly before your throne of grace and your throne of mercy. Father, as we bow down in our hearts, God, we lift our hands. Father, we open our mouths. And Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for another day's rise. Thank you for just covering us while we slumber and slept. Thank you, God, that we were able to make it to church this morning. Thank you, God, for how you put a hedge of protection around us. And thank you, God, for this day. God, it's a day that you've made. And the church of the Redeemer Baptist will rejoice and we will be glad in it. God, we thank you for what the day represents. God, we thank you for Pastor Smith and the able to celebrate his second anniversary. God, we thank you for pastor and for people. God, we thank you for what you are doing at the church of the Redeemer Baptist. God, we thank you for ear has not heard nor eyes have seen the things you have in store for us. God, we thank you in advance because you're that type of God. Father, we pray for Dr. Houston this morning. God, let him preach like he never preached before. Thank you, God, for the word that's going to go forth. 
God, we also take a minute to pray for the least, the lost, and the left out. God, we pray for those that are on the sick list. God, let them feel that the Church of Redeemer is praying for them. God, we pray for this service, that it would be all that you want it to be. And Father, we say a special prayer for Pastor Smith. God, pastoring isn't easy. Pastoring is downright challenging. But God, on this day, we pray that Pastor Smith can feel the love of the people of the Church of Redeemer. We pray on this day that Pastor Smith would get the push to run on just a little while longer. God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. And Father, we pray for the prayer march that's going to be on Friday. Yes, can I get an amen? God, we pray that this branch of Zion will continue to go outside of the four walls. We pray that we continue to be a light in this community. Father, have your way with the Church of the Redeemer Baptist because it's your church and we're your people. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let the church say amen.
is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning. I would like to welcome everyone who is visiting with us today, whether you are in the sanctuary or watching on our virtual campus. We welcome you. We do not take for granted your decision to worship with us today as we celebrate the second pastoral anniversary of our pastor, <laughs> Reverend David S. Smith. Two years ago, God sent Reverend Smith to become our sixth pastor of the Church of the Redeemer Baptist. In just two years, we have grown together in unity. We fast, pray, give and praise to the glory of God in the spirit and in truth. Today, Redeemer stands together in love to honor and celebrate him. We are grateful for what God has continued to do in the ministry of Redeemer under the pastorate of Reverend Smith. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how can men preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. Romans 10, 13 14a, 15rsd version. Be encouraged. God is faithful. Who will do it? Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Can we just give God praise for just a few seconds? I know, I know, I know, I know this is an anniversary and we're celebrating me and yeah, yeah. But can we give God glory? Can we give God glory for just a few seconds? The one who gave us breath in our bodies. The one who gave us the activity of our limbs. Y'all still looking at me. Can we give glory to God for just a few seconds? The one who watched over us as we were sleeping. The one who gave us food to eat, clothes to put on. The one who gives us the warm blood going through our veins. Can we give God glory for just a few minutes? He's beautiful for every situation. Amen. And I'm grateful for being here this morning. I'm grateful. Y'all can have your seats. You can have your seats. I'm grateful to be here this morning. I'm grateful for this opportunity to be in church and to be with you and to be your pastor. Amen. Amen. I'm grateful. I am grateful. I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. I'm supposed to be introducing the speaker. And we have a preacher this morning. Amen. Amen. We have a preacher this morning. He is, his name is the Reverend Dr. Alexander Graham Houston. And I'm going to read it because I didn't read it last year. Um, his name is Reverend Dr. Alexander Graham Houston, and he serves as a pastor of the Christian Church in Philadelphia. Um, their second pastor in their 43-year history. Y'all heard that? He's their second pastor in their 43-year history. Graduated from Colgate University, where he was um, an All-American student athlete playing football. Stand up, Pastor. You can see it. Uh, hold on, y'all gonna see it later. <laughs> y'all gonna see it later. Uh, um, graduated with an MDiv from Palmer Theological Seminary and a doctorate in ministry from Drew, Drew Theological Seminary in 2015. He is the man who um, helped me understand that even after divorce, I was still called by God. Um, yeah, yeah, really. He's a guy. He's, I'm, I'm done reading now. You know, he's the guy. He's the guy who. When I came back from living in State College, Pennsylvania, I had to go back to school 
and I had to call a friend of mine to figure out where I was going to do my theological field experience. And I said, Pastor, listen here. I said, Al, I said, listen, um, I, I don't know if this is something that I can actually do because, I mean, people don't follow people who don't follow the word of God. Right? Like, and, and I had to call the, my pastor at the time to help me understand that even when you sin, you're not disqualified. That's a good place to give God glory. That's a, that's a good place to give God glory. So y'all going to hear his voice a lot. Amen. Y'all going to hear his voice a lot. There are people in my life who have made an indelible impact on my life which gives me the ability to make an indelible impact on yours. And for that reason, I will present to some and I will introduce to others the Reverend Dr. Alexander Graham Houston. Let's receive him after the music ministry ministers to us in song.
on it a little later, but it's very important that when you got something good, you better hold on to it. And I believe 
that Pastor Smith is doing a great work and a mighty work along with you, the people of this great church. And so we count it a privilege to be with you on this second anniversary. I bring you greetings from the Christian Church, and we are glad to be able to be here today. Pastor Smith reached out to me a while back, and um, he shared, he said, Pastor, looking forward to seeing you at the end of the month. And I said, well, where am I supposed to be? And, um, and he reminded me, he said, I want you to come for the anniversary until I say no more. And so we counted a privilege and an honor to, to be with you on this day. To the Smith children, it's so good to see you. Amen. Amen. See, I, I know what it is to be the pastor's child. I know what it is to have to sit close. I know what it is to have to be there. And, and it's very important that we remember that uh, they are his children. And so he loves them, and, and they love him. And, and it's a blessing, and, and the witness they have to other young people here, it's good to see you, all you college folks, and, and all these people growing. And, amen. Amen. Uh, to the preachers of the gospel, to... To Papa Smith, amen, good to see you, sir, and uh, Minister Richardson, a great friend, and, and all of you, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. I won't be before you long, at least I, I hope not, but i tell you one thing I love about coming here. Number one, I love, I love the fact that you can be sitting up here and you sitting next to folks that have women of God on their shoes. <laughs> see, 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 that lets you know something. She's serious about her walk. See, when she says, order my steps, she is joining in. I, I, I like it. See, you all haven't gotten so high as to forget that, that church is this expression of what God has done in your life. See, there are so many people, there are so many people who are, are, are slaves to the program. They would have said, we got a program on the day of Pentecost. Can you hold on with that fire for a minute? Well, I love the fact that the lead soloist, I believe your name is Sister Nina. They said, sing Nina. I picked up on it. I thank God that Sister Nina was able to stand there and share her testimony. And that you were able to receive that testimony. I tell you, y'all, you got something good. Hold on to it. Hold on to it tightly. Well, without belaboring the point, I'm in the Gospel of Matthew, the 16th chapter, and we will read from the 5th verse, and we will read on down to the 18th verse. If you are able, stand in the honor of reading of God's word. Again, we are in Matthew chapter 16. We will begin at verse 5, and we will read following through verse 18. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard this morning. Whatever Bible you have is good, as long as you understand what you're reading. Amen. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. And Jesus said to them, watch out and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They said to one another, it is because we have brought no bread. 
and becoming aware of it, Jesus said, you of little faith, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets you gathered? How could you fail to perceive that I was not speaking about bread? Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he had not told them to beware of the yeast of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon. Son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell will not prevail against it. Thus ends the reading of our text this morning. Let us pray. Lord, bless us now and bless these words as we share on this occasion. Let the people not see only me, but let them see you. Let them not just hear my voice, but let them hear words from you, that they may bless and uplift. And if there be one that does not know the saving grace of Jesus the Christ, allow them to hear something or experience something that they will give their lives wholly and express to you today. This is our prayer. We ask it in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For the next few moments, friends, I will share with you from the subject who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Watch out for the yeast. Watch out for the leaven. The yeast or the leaven of the Pharisees. These are the words of Jesus in the gospel according to Matthew. And it rings clear in our text this morning. It tells us to look out. It tells us to beware. It tells us to be on alert. It tells us to watch out for the yeast. The disciples are confused like they often are. They're confused about what is Jesus trying to tell us? What is Jesus trying to show us? They're trying to figure it all out. What are you saying to us in this moment? You want us to beware of the, the yeast? Could Jesus, could Jesus be encouraging caution about this microscopic fungus consisting of single oval cells that reproduce by budding and are capable of converting sugar into alcohol and carbon dioxide? Could Jesus, could Jesus be talking about this yeast, this yeast that allows the bread to rise or, or maybe just just maybe Jesus is thinking about something more, something more important, rather something even more sinister. As was noted previously in Matthew chapter 13, leaven or the yeast that we see is consistently used as a picture of both sin and corruption. 
we see it especially in Exodus chapter 12. And this is the understanding of the leaven or the yeast that Jesus wants us to grasp. It was the Jewish metaphorical expression for an evil influence. See, to the Jewish mind, leaven was always symbolic of evil. See, leaven stood for an evil influence liable to spread throughout people's lives, liable to go from one to the next in order that they might corrupt it. My grandmother said it this way, if you hang out with the pigs, you come up. This idea that says that it may be corrupted, false doctrine. That is what Jesus is telling them to be aware of. Never mind how the bread rises. Never mind how the science works. I want you to be aware of false doctrine, which is fittingly called leaven. And why is it called leaven, saints? Because it sours and it swells and it spreads and it corrupts and it corrupts the whole lump. And guess what? It does it all in secret. For anybody that's a bread maker out there, you know what I'm talking about. Once you finish kneading it and, and shaping it, you put it into your bowl, and what do you do? You cover it so that it might rise in secret. Jesus is telling the disciples this day, watch out for the leaven or the yeast of the Pharisees. Watch out for the false doctrine. Jesus says, beware. See, the disciples are still grasping at straws. They're doing their best, but they're grasping at straws. They, they never quite get it. They still can't quite get past their present situation. Here it is. Jesus is dropping jewels into their lives, and they're talking about, well, it must be because we didn't bring any bread. It must be that we didn't bring any. What are you talking about? That is your conclusion that I am telling you to beware because of some bread? In chapter 14, shortly before, shortly after the beheading of my cousin John the Baptist, Matthew writes that Jesus directed the people to sit on the grass. He took the five loaves. He took the two fish. He looked up to heaven. He gave thanks. He broke it. Then he gave it to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the people. And they all were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Y'all think I'm talking about bread? You think I need you for bread? Matter of fact, in chapter 15, Matthew writes, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame and the blind and the crippled, the mute and many others, and they laid them at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Jesus called the disciples, said to them, we need to feed these people. What do we have to feed? And the disciples said, where could we get enough bread to feed all of these people? Jesus says, what do you have? If I can just stay here for one second, some of y'all been going back and forth with God too long talking about what you don't have, trying to figure out what you ain't got. And God says, have you ever taken inventory about what you do have? Who do you say that I am? I'm not a magic genie that you can just roll up to and get what you want, how you want. I am God all by myself. Like I need you to give me some bread. Chapter 15 tells us he fed 4,000 with five loaves. And you think I need you to go get some bread. No, that 
that's not what we're talking about at all here in chapter 16 the disciples are saying it's because we didn't bring any bread and Jesus says this is a strange concern that you have because in the very recent past both chapter 14 and chapter 15 you saw it happen in your own life you witnessed it in real time me by myself miraculously feeding 5,000 folks miraculously feeding 4,000 folks. And some of y'all don't think God can bless you and it's just you. Jesus. If you can bless the 5,000, if you can bless the 4,000, if you can bless the 3,000, then can he bless you? As if God don't know where 24th Street is. How in the world, disciples, do you think I'm concerned about you bringing bread? Because even if you didn't bring any bread, don't you know I'm the bread of life? Even if you didn't pack your lunch, I got enough for us all. Matter of fact, I invited the woman at the well, come drink with me, you'll never thirst again. Matter of fact, I've been telling folks all this time, for all these three years, I got what you need if you only just ask. Even if you didn't bring any bread, I can multiply the cracker you got. Disciples didn't understand Jesus. They didn't understand his use of leaven and yeast as a metaphor. See, Jesus is impressing upon us the importance of being on guard against false teaching. Especially that that is in service to religious hypocrisy. See, Jesus is going to charge the disciples with three specific things. Number one is ignorance. If you're one of those note-taking Christians, you should write this down. See, ignorance, because they didn't understand that he was using material things, i.e. the leaven, to illustrate spiritual things, the dangerous teachings and practices of the Pharisees. Number two, he's charging them with unbelief. Because they are overly concerned with the supply of bread, and God is telling them and he's telling us, quit worrying about things that are my responsibility. Quit worrying about how I'm going to do it. I didn't ask your help when I put the sun in the sky all those years ago. I didn't need your help when I allowed the stars to hang. I didn't need your help when I allowed every creeping creature and everything in the sea and everything in the sky. I didn't need your help when I made the man and took him to sleep and made the woman. I don't need your help in these things. It's always you trying to do my job and not doing what I'm asking you to do. That if my people will call, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face, then I will heal the land. Because if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Not only that, but he's going to charge them with forgetfulness. It's like old R&B, what have you done for me lately? It was just in chapter 14 he fed 5,000. It was just in chapter 15 he fed 4,000. Now you don't think he could feed the 12? See, you forgot what I've done for you and how far I've blessed you. See, as we are here on this wonderful occasion, this occasion of pastoral anniversary, see, maybe someone forgot what it was like to be in the midst of the search process. Ooh, Jesus. Maybe you weren't on the committee. You don't understand what it was like. 
You don't remember all the interviews and the resumes and the calls and the emails of folks trying to get a church, but they weren't ready to get no church. See, but now you have this idea. Do you remember that he brought you somebody out of nowhere and here he is two years later? Jesus, Jesus is clear with the disciples. Be on the lookout, y'all. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Make sure that you are aware of ignorance. Make sure you are aware of unbelief. Be sure you are aware of forgetfulness. Because how many of us fall into diverse temptations? How many of us forget that the one who created us is the same one who can heal us? The one who saved us is the same one that can bless us. The one who loves us is the same one that can forgive us. Who do you say that I am? Be on guard for false teaching, religious hypocrisy. Pastor, be on guard for the whims of the crowd. And be on guard for the whims of social media. Be on guard with the false definitions of what it means to be a pastor. I'm going to say that one more time lest we forget it. Be on guard for the false definitions of what it means to be a pastor. Who do you say that I am? See, everybody doesn't want a pastor. I hope it works out for me to come again. But, it, but if not, I got about another 15 good minutes. See, see, everybody doesn't want a pastor. See, some folks just like the preacher. See, because preachers come to make you happy. See, see, see the preacher, the preacher can whoop real good and make a shout real good. We leave here feeling great and we still not sure what they talked about. But we tell our friends, ooh, we had church today. But see, being a pastor is such a personal and relational calling and profession that everybody does not want a pastor. And preachers need to remember, let me look at the online folks, preachers need to remember that not everyone is called to be a pastor. See, when you're a pastor, you got to heed the words of the book of James. See, not, not many of you should aspire to the office of overseer because with a stricter judgment, you shall be judged. See, see pastors have to get in your business sometimes. And it's not because they are overly nosy. They're not coming to your house trying to see how you live. See, they have to get in your business by preaching and teaching the full counsel of God. See, there are some texts, Reverend. There are some texts that preachers will never go near. Because it doesn't get the folk happy. They might not give you the best love offering if you preach that. But see, pastors, we don't have the choice. The choice is to preach the full counsel of what God has. Because Paul said it via the Holy Spirit that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's good for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. See, there's an old word in the church. They used to say it a long time when I was coming up. They called it sanctification. Yeah. See, see, I dare to say folks don't even know what sanctification is. 
See, this old word of to become sanctified, one must do their best to live as Christ lived according to the teachings of Christ. And whose job is it? To tell you what is the acceptable year of the Lord? Whose job is it? To tell you how we ought to live and how we ought to treat one another. Whose job is it to say we got to forgive 70 times 7 and sit next to the person that we don't like? It's the pastor's job. Who do you say I am? See, the Bible says be holy as I am holy. But if you looked at the new age understanding of church, it says be popular as I am popular. Be flashy as I am flashy. Be this as I am this. But God says be holy. Be called out. Be set aside. You are a peculiar people. God's own people. See, preachers, preachers don't talk too much about living right. Pastors, we have to point to the people, to the ethic of Christ, and to remind us that we are a holy nation. How in the world can we be salty if we lose our saltiness? And we're trying to figure out what the problem is. The problem is we're taking what they're doing in the streets and acting as if it should work in the church under the guise of being relevant and progressive. Well, Lord, don't let me progress that far. I need that Holy Ghost power. I need that fire that shut up in my bones. I need Jesus. Who do you say that I am? Choir director, I'm not looking for eight steps plans about how to get more folks to church. I'm looking at how do you get folks to live right? How do you get folks to treat folks right? How do you learn? Hey, See, preachers, see, it's dangerous. Y'all keep standing up. We're going to be a long time. See, preachers, preachers can preach the same sermon four different weeks at four different churches. Pastors, they looking for you 52 times. And that's not including the funerals, the weddings. That's not including the special days. That's not including going to bless your baby. That's not going to go renew vows. They're 52 times, and they want it fresh. Because, see, then they say to you, they say, well, I don't think I'm being fed. Well, that's not the issue. The issue is you don't like the food. You mad because you want to go grocery shopping. Well, see, I didn't even pick the food out. The Lord gave me my list, and I'm trying to follow what the Lord says. And this is for all my brothers out there, all my brothers who ever got sent to the store with a list of what to buy. When you didn't know what to get, what did you do? You called home. You didn't want to go home with the wrong stuff. She didn't ask you for that type of dove. She said, I want the green dove. She didn't ask you for that. She, you better find out what she wants. See, too many of us have forgotten what the Lord has said. But instead of calling them up and telling them what we want, instead of asking the question, Lord, where would you have me to go? We start making it up on the fly. We start trying to say, well, I've gotten so smart. 
you know they call me the Reverend Doctor. You know I got a few letters behind my name. You know it, you come to my office, but never mind, I count it all lost. I just want to know Jesus and him crucified. See, folks looking for the pastor, 52 weeks, and they, they forget the need for the pastor to rest and recover and, and reconnect with his or her family. The Bible's clear. How in the world are you going to be a pastor if you can't manage your house? That's why, I, that's why I give highlights to the Smith children. Why is that? Because that shows he's about his business. Who do you say I am? See, he's your pastor, but he's their daddy. See, everybody, everybody doesn't want a pastor. So when you get a good pastor, one who is faithful to the calling, one who is faithful to the people, when you get a good one, one who is trying his best to love and lead the way that God would have us to, we are encouraged to rise up and call him blessed. And thank God for the pastor that God has given us. Who do you say that I am? Well, let me look forward. Outside of the church, there is always a thought of who or what the pastor is or isn't. Outside of the church. There's always an opinion about the church up there and what do those folks do on Sunday and I don't go because they all hypocrites anyway. And in, in my almost 15 years of pastoring, I've learned how to block out the noise. See, I'm not overly concerned about what everybody outside is saying. I am much more interested in what God is saying, one. And two, what are my people saying? Who do they say that I am? Well, Jesus poses this same question to the disciples. Now that we've gotten past this understanding of leaven and yeast, I want to know, who do the people say that I am? Now, Jesus did not ask the question because he didn't know who he was or because he had an unfortunate dependence on the opinion of others. Let me say that again because some of y'all need to get delivered here. The unfortunate dependence on the opinion of others. He asked the question more as an introduction to a more important follow-up question. People who thought that Jesus was John the Baptist, they didn't know that much about him. They had come up with their own understanding about who they thought Jesus was. They didn't know that Jesus and John were, were together. They didn't know that Jesus and John were cousins. They didn't know they ministered at the same time. Some thought that Jesus was a herald of national repentance like John the Baptist or one of the, or one of the uh, prophets like Elijah. Some thought Jesus was someone who spoke the word of God like Jeremiah. Perhaps in seeing Jesus in these roles, people were hoping for a political Messiah who would overthrow the corrupt powers that were oppressing Israel. The general tendency in all of these answers was to underestimate who Jesus was. You think you're doing me a favor? See, see, they underestimated who Jesus was. They wanted to give him a measure of respect and honor. Well, maybe he's like Elijah or maybe he's like John the Baptist. But they were falling far short about honoring him for exactly who he was. Who do you say that I am? 
See, it was fine for the disciples to know what others thought about Jesus, but Jesus had to ask them as individuals, who do you say I am? This is the question placed before all who hear about Jesus. And it is we, not Jesus, who are judged by our answers. In fact, we answer this question every day by what we believe and what we do. If we really believe that Jesus is the Messiah, is who he says he is, it will affect the entire way we live our lives. If we really believe that the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside, there's some, folk, there's some places we won't go. If we really believe the Holy Spirit's on the inside, there's some things we won't say. If we really believe that God is with us every single day, walking and talking and telling us that we are his own, then there's some things that we have to let go of because folks get embarrassed when the pastor comes. Well, why don't we get embarrassed when God is already there? Don't put it up because I came over. God is here all the time. So Jesus is working his way down the road. Who do they say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And we get to our boy Peter. See, I've always associated with Peter. My blood runs hot too. There's some things I had to work on. Before the Lord could use me in this space. So he gets to Peter and Peter answers the question. Peter knew the opinion of the crowd that while it was complimentary towards Jesus, it was not accurate. Jesus was much more than John the Baptist. He was much more than Elisha. He was much more than Jeremiah. He was more than a national reformer. He was more than a miracle worker or more than the prophet. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and he is the one who came to save us. Who do you say that I am? And as I look around at us in the world that we are living in, as I look around at the issues of 2023, it's very important that we remember and identify who Jesus is. See, Jesus just isn't something that we can talk about when it's, when it's uh, easy or, or it's comfortable. No, 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 no. Jesus isn't something that we just, we pray a few prayers before we eat our peanut butter and jelly at lunch. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. See, some of us forget. Matter of fact, we almost have VBS time, right? Well, deacons, let's put it this way. Jesus always speaks the truth. Jesus asks for more, but when he asks for more, he offers more. Jesus values us more. Jesus is motivated by compassion. Jesus forgives. Jesus shows grace and forgiveness. Guess what? Empathy is a characteristic of Jesus. Wisdom is a characteristic of Jesus. Obedience, a characteristic of Jesus. Guess what? Jesus was a good listener. Je Jesus is one that tells the truth. Humility is a character trait of Jesus. Jesus is a servant. Oh, you thought I was done? Not even close. Jesus is loving. Jesus is forgiving. Jesus is committed. Jesus is prayerful. Jesus is gentle. Jesus is kind. Jesus is patient towards us. Who do you say that I am? Oh, see, some of y'all, some of y'all might not be able to get down. Let, let's see if I can make it plain. This is this is for any of y'all 80s Christians. Jesus is the Rose of Sharon. 
He's the bright and morning star. He's the lily of the valley. He's the begotten son of God. This is for some of y'all 70s Christians. He's a doctor in the sick room. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. Who do you say that I am? He has the power that comes down when you call him. And the rest before you lie down at night. Hold on. He's a mind regulator. He's a heart fixer. He's a, he's a burden bearer. He's a heavy load sheriff. Who do you say that I am? about through on this second pastoral anniversary I posit this question to you Redeemer who do you say your pastor is I'm not talking about who do you say he is when you in church who do you say he is when you at home who do you say he is when you on the phone who do you say he is in your text messages? Who do you say he is in your email? Who do you say your pastor is? Now, now get it, now get it. Not what the crowd says, not what the internet says, but what do you say? Do you say that he's a man who loves his family? Do you say he's a man who is seeking after God's own heart? Do you say he's a man who listens to your travails of life? Did your countenance rise when he walked into the hospital room? Were you glad when he came around? He has led with dignity and respect, not embarrassing the legacy of this great church. Who do you say your pastor is? Is he patient? Is he kind? Is he a gifted musician? Is he a wonderful administrator? Is he a grad, wonderful college teacher? Who is he? Is Redeemer better? two years later than where you were when he got here. Is Redeemer in a better situation? Are folks happier? Are folks joyful? Are folks glad to come to church? Are folks coming through the doors? Are the young folks dancing? Are the other folks singing? Who are you when you talk about your pastor? And if, if Redeemer is in a better space two years later, if in fact you extending the call to this man was in line with the will of God, then rise to your feet. Lift your voices. Put your hands together. For God has done a mighty thing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May his face always shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. As you rest on your feet, as you rest on your feet. See, one of the things that I'm, I'm realizing about pastoring in 2023 is too many folks are taking their cues off of Instagram. I'm not against it videos and what they call them, the reels and things. I get it, right? What's the thing, TikTok and all the little dances y'all, right, right, right? I get it, I get it. I got, I got four kids. Matter of fact, the thing, my bio got to get updated. We had three kids. Now I got four kids. I'll, I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that alone. But there's too many folks that are making it about them. 
And then they're wondering what the problem is. The problem is God invites you. He invites you to participate with him in the work of the ministry of changing people's lives. Too many times it becomes about us and how, how good I look or how much education I have or how many big words I know. I told the Lord some years ago, I said, Lord, where you want me to go, I'll go. What you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever the cost is, God, I'll pay it. Here I am. Send me. And from that time to this time, I've always pointed to the one who was able to keep you from falling. The one who was able to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. From that day to this day, I've offered you Jesus. And I want you to know something. I want you to know there's nothing you've done. There's nowhere you've been that can disqualify you from the love of God. Now, some folks may try to put that on you, but who the Son set free? Free. I didn't come to condemn you. I came to save you. And so if you are hearing me right now, if you're trying to figure out life, then come on and give your hand to Jesus. Just come give it to Jesus. Don't try to figure out and then when the folks say well you gotta confess all your sin you don't even remember all your sin How I'm, I'm just gonna come to Jesus and let Jesus work the rest out if you've never received Jesus come on right now number two number two I understand the rise of internet, and I love it. The online sanctuary, I believe in it. But everybody, every Christian needs to be a member of a church. Yes, say this. There needs to be some accountability, and not just accountability, but there has to be this relationship. Yes, yes, yes. And so if you want to join this wonderful space, this wonderful community of the Church of Redeemer Baptist, then come on right now. Last but not least, last but not least, if you want someone to pray with you, look at all these folks. They ready to pray. The effectual fervent prayers of the righteous, what they do, it makes much power available. So brothers and sisters, the doors of the church are open. If you will come, let them come. Quiet. We offer Christ to you. Oh, my brother. Let's sing it together. Is there one? We offer Christ to you. Oh, my sister. Is there one that will come today? He will give you a new life. one today.
Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. We have a message to give to somebody when you leave here today. Don't keep it inside of you. When you leave here, tell somebody. Tell somebody what God has given you through this man of God. It's offering time. It's offering time. Our scripture for offering is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 and 11. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you and giving you thanks for all that you have given us. Bless the offering this morning, Lord. Bless those who can give and bless those who couldn't give that they might give when they come back. Lord, we ask that this, this blessing be given for the upbuilding of your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The ushers are coming. I mean, the trustees are coming. We have two baskets. One, your tithe, and the other basket is for Pastor Smith. If you have any envelopes, any gift that you wish to give him, put it in the basket that Sister Janine is holding. Okay? So, tithe. I did say tithe. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Sister Kimberly is holding the basket for the tithes. Okay? So follow the direction of the ushers. You may come and give.
Greetings, church. This is our presentation from the church to pastor. But if you please stand, everyone. This is a group thing. Better, we are better together. Pastor Smith, on behalf of the Church of Redeemer Baptist, we present this gift to you, man. And not only look at the gift, but look at the love that's coming behind the gift. Receive the love, man. Give him a hand. It's a road. The road. We present him with a white robe for communion. All right. My mama told me don't open it till you get home. Listen here. Got to open it for thank you so very much. It says to our pastor, in honor of your second anniversary at the Church of the Redeemer Baptist, we are gifting you a white communion robe 
Hey Ann Taylor, y'all hear me? Hey Ann Taylor by Magnarelli Clergy Apparel. May God bless and you and keep you from your church family. Praise God. I'm so grateful and I'm thankful for everything that you guys have done for me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I appreciate it. Y'all may have your seats. I got, I guess I have last words. Amen. No, I hesitate to share this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, last year and the year before installation and um, the first anniversary, I was so excited. Hold on, let me stop talking real quick. Y'all see my dad? Stand up. Stand up. Pastor Bernard Smith is in the room. Pastor Bernard Charles Smith is in the room. Praise God. And Mother Miltier is here with him. Praise our God. <laughs> She's a mother and dying in the city of Philadelphia. Praise God. You know, the Bible says, and um, the last verse in the Old Testament says, he'll turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. I'm about to cry. Hold on. <laughs> the Bible says, the Bible says, the last verse of the Old Testament, the last one before 400 years of silence, before God went silent for 400 years, it says he will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to their fathers. And if that doesn't happen, the earth will be smitten with a curse. Y'all see my dad here, y'all? y'all don't know, I know. All right, let's go, let's go. Um, thank you very much, Redeemer, for celebrating me as your pastor, for calling me as your pastor at the installation service and at our anniversary last year. I said something um, both times. I said we're married now, right? I did. Stop clapping, stop clapping, stop clapping, stop clapping, because that was theologically inappropriate. That was theologically inappropriate. The church is the Lord's bride. The church is the Lord's bride. And I'm not built to be the husband of this woman. <laughs> Y'all a little too much for me. <laughs> but I am very willing to be his best man. Y'all would run me crazy if I had to be your husband, you hear me? <laughs> but I am very honored to be God's best man and to serve in this portion of the vineyard. So thank you so very much for allowing me to serve with you. I give God glory, give God honor, and I give God praise for Trustee Monique. Can you stand up for me? Just stand up. <laughs> and for Deacon Lee, can you stand up for me? Thank you so much. We walk together even when it hurts. Amen. We walk together when it's hard and we walk together when it's easy. And we're going to keep on doing the work of the kingdom of God. To all the deacons, if you don't mind standing up. Deacon Emeritus, hold on, hold on, hold on. Deacon, sit down. Deacon Emeritus, Deacon William Nix, can you stand up on your feet, sir? All right. All right. We can't. We got to give honor where honor's due. <laughs> To the deacons, if you wouldn't mind standing, and to the trustees, if you wouldn't mind standing, all of you. 
thank you for serving the people of God with hearts that are fully turned to Jesus the Christ. To every leader in this church, if you don't mind standing, y'all see where we're going, right? We're about to be on our way. Come on. Church clerk, excuse me, church clerk. Church clerk. Thank you so very much. I apologize. Please forgive me. To all the leaders in the, in the church, all the leaders and to all of the lay ministers, every minister in this church, and that means everybody in the church, please stand on your feet. Every member is a minister. Please stand on your feet. And everybody that's not a member of this church, stand up on your feet anyway, because you should be a member somewhere. Amen? Amen. This is what church is all about. This is what church is all about. Not just coming and hearing a good word, like Pastor Houston said, not dancing and running around the sanctuary. But I want to remind you, the next time we get together, it's not going to be on Bible study on Wednesday. We won't have Bible study this Wednesday. But the next time we get together, we will be the church. On Friday the 30th, we're coming here at 6 o'clock. At 6 o'clock, we're meeting right here at 6, 6 p.m., not a.m., 6 p.m. And we are going to do a prayer walk through our neighborhood. Amen? Y'all hear me? We're going to do a prayer walk. We are the neighborhood church in South Philadelphia. And we're going to return to that posture. We're going to walk these streets and pray for people that we know. Pray for people that we don't know whether they like it or not, whether they know it or not. We are going to take these streets back for Jesus the Christ. Y'all too quiet. Y'all too quiet. Y'all too quiet. You're not connected to Redeemer just because it's Redeemer. You're connected to Redeemer because this is the kingdom of God. And what we have, we, what we don't have, we are called to take it by force. So let's go on Friday, fr Friday at 6 p.m. Meet us here for our prayer walk. It's time to go. We've got food, right? There's food and fellowship in the, in the room right next door. That's the fellowship hall. So meet us over there. You can take some real good pictures. Hug somebody on your way out, but let's receive our benediction. To the music ministry, to Minister Wilkins, thank you so much. Bishop on the drums, to the choir. Y'all hear the choir? We're doing good work, y'all. We're doing good work. God is faithful. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. We've come into worship. Now let's leave to serve. Hug somebody on your way out and meet us over there for some good pictures and food.